Welcome to MJ's Magic Hour. Less than an hour, yet jam-packed with New Earth Magic. I'm your host, Magdalena Jensen, transformative coach and mediator. Let's jump right in. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 23 of MJ's Magic Hour. Rarely an hour, yet jam-packed with New Earth Magic. And I'm super excited for today's conversation, today's guest. I'm going to allow her to totally introduce herself however she wants to. But first, I just want to say that Jacqueline and I don't really know each other very well yet. We're just getting to know each other. Um, We're very much aligned with a lot of our values and kind of how we show up in the world and the kinds of things we want to create. And we're creating something for you. So we'll be talking a lot about that today. But first, Jacqueline, would you please introduce yourself for our guests? Yes. Uh, So, so nice to meet you. Uh, My name is Jacqueline and I'm now living in Mexico City, but I was actually in New York City for about seven years before moving here three years ago. Um, working a corporate job there and decided it wasn't filling and nourishing my soul Mm. and decided, you know, I'm going to book a one-way ticket to Mexico and pursue my passions. And um, yeah, over the next six months, there were a lot of ups and downs, but I was inspired to create this concept, Hacienda Retreats, where people can come for a week-long journey and experience, um, work remotely during the week, and then tap into unique experiences um, where they can really connect with themselves and others. Um, so incorporating a lot of Mexican Mayan experiences and the culture through Temescal ceremonies, cacao ceremonies, and really creating a space for people to show up as they are um, and see what happens um, in this beautiful week-long container that we co-create together. So I've been working on that for the past few years, and it's something that deeply nourishes my soul and really inspires me to keep going every day. Wow, I love that. How powerful. That what a huge life transformation as well. Yeah, it really was. And it's crazy how you have so much more energy when you're doing something you really love. Yeah, I completely relate. You know, we moved, my husband and I moved to Mexico from London. And I really relate to that kind of, um, I wasn't in a corporate job ever. I always worked for myself, but I was in an industry that wasn't, it was sucking my soul out in a way. The music Mm -hmm. industry is extremely demanding and it just wasn't serving the lifestyle Mm -hmm. that I wanted to live and the person I wanted to be. Um, So yeah, and um, I love that you have thrown yourself headfirst into discovering Mexican culture and Mayan culture. Maybe let's start there since Mm -hmm. you brought that up already. Um, And that's definitely something that is a huge magnet for me living in Mexico as well. Mm -hmm. So I'd be really curious kind of what pull do you hear and what do you really, what are you learning about this beautiful, incredible country? And Mm -hmm. what do you really like to highlight for people when you invite them as guests to Hacienda? Right. Well, I would say, I mean, I feel like all of Mexico is just a very powerful vortex in itself, you know, just being here, you, and what I really love is when you're in Mexico, you feel so much of the culture, you know, it is just so ingrained, um, smiling faces everywhere, people are so friendly, and yeah, it's, it's a place in the world that I feel most at home, and I really think that they do such a beautiful job of keeping their traditions alive, you know, like these, these Temescal ceremonies, which are essentially um, um, traditional Mayan sweat lodge, where you go into, it almost looks like a pizza oven or a mini igloo. It totally does. (laughs) (laughs) It does. And you go inside of it. And um, they bring in these hot stones and throw water on top and create basically a a steam bath for you in the pitch black. And it's a way to totally transform um, and go through a spiritual death and rebirth. Because when you're in there, it can be very challenging. Um, You know, in a pitch black place, it's very hot. You do a lot of um, their rituals with chanting, singing, playing music 
sharing about, you know, emotions, vulnerability, how to honor Pachamama or the earth. And, and then when you end, when you leave the Temescal, it feels like this, whew, this complete rebirth of yourself. Uh, and it can be very powerful inside. And it's something that all over Mexico, they still practice it, you know, on a weekly basis. Um, you know, it's not just something that they did a long time ago that is for Westerners to explore, but it's still part of their culture. And I really love that um, they're still so connected to it. Mm. Uh, and there's so many beautiful experiences that they can offer and so much history. And um, I mean, and there's such, such an array of different tribes here that all have their unique, different experiences stories and it's so inspiring to to hear about them and connect with them and learn about them yeah I love that you mentioned how prevalent all of that stuff really is now right um, mm -hmm. that's something that I find to be incredibly unique about Mexico that mm -hmm. it's this incredible not clash because that implies a kind of a violent uh, interaction but it's more of a harmony actually mm -hmm. quite the opposite it's really a harmony between old traditional indigenous ways of being because i think it even goes beyond some of these ceremonial things it's really about a way of being with a reverence right. for the mm -hmm. earth for plants for the sun for the forces that of nature truly absolutely um, and yeah right and how that's all very mixed with modernity and you know, there's a thriving startup health tech fintech scene here as well, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so it's really this incredible dance all the time. Mm -hmm. And in fact, dance is a big part of Mexican culture as well. <laughs> I chose mm -hmm. that word on purpose, right? It's really this dance all the time of um, reverence for in tradition and a traditional way of being and an exploration of modernity. Mm, yes. And I right. find it super exciting. <laughs> Me too. It's really beautiful. And also how the two worlds can weave together and be intertwined. You yeah. know, even in Mexico City, where it's a crazy, busy city with millions of people, um, there is in the city center a place to do a temescal that is super beautiful. And, and it's just like a part of their natural culture. And um and also the abundance of nature all around. You can tell that it's really important that to them to yeah. Um, honor that. Yeah, yeah, totally. I love that we have, we are not alone in coming here to kind of find and experience and marinate in that. There mm -hmm. is, a, there are a lot of people that are coming to Mexico um, these days to really discover all of that. Um, and I'm finding that there's a really beautiful thriving conscious community here, growing conscious community of uh, locals, of foreigners, of more long-term expats, of temporary expats, of digital nomads. It's a really interesting, um, yeah, it conscious, open-hearted mishmash. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And people from all over the world. That's what I really love mm. is there's the abundance of Mexican culture, but it's also attracting people from all over the planet uh, to come here. But I do think that there is a certain type of person who's drawn to the space. Yeah. Um, very curious people who want to learn and explore and are also very creative. There's definitely such a creative energy everywhere in the city. Yeah. Um, so much art, so much unique experiences. I feel that every every day almost I get, you know, a message from someone else about some amazing activity that they're organizing. And it's so fun and inspiring mm. and such a great place to live. I was actually talking about exactly that with my husband yesterday as we were walking down the street in Condesa here in mm -hmm. Mexico City. The fact that it is so aesthetically appealing and um, art 
artisanry um, mm -hmm. is, is visible everywhere from the colors of the buildings, the shapes of the buildings, the architecture, the ironworks, the tiles, the plants, the way that the plants are planted and the patterns and the designs that they make and all of that real attention to aesthetic and the un utter uniqueness of every piece of it is it feeds our inherent uniqueness as individuals um, versus, you know, so many huge cities are going in the opposite direction, really um, bland, minimalist, shiny, sharp corners, kind of boring, right? right? It's mm -hmm. a very, for me, Absolutely. it feels kind of anti-human in a way. Um, right. Where Mexico is alive. Yes, Mexico is alive. Full of noise. Yes. You know, even the crazy, annoying sounds on the streets, you learn to love them because it just reminds you that we're alive here. People are alive and out and about and thriving. Yes, oh, exactly. And in fact, without some of those noises, I wouldn't feel at home here. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's so funny, isn't it? Um, I love that. I, it literally gives me goosebumps thinking about it because it's just such a phenomenal place to be and to discover yourself. And there's so much opportunity for that here as well. Right. Um, as we as I was saying, there's such a huge um, and expansive conscious community here. Um, and I love let's talk about why you started Hacienda from that perspective. I suspect it's something to do with that. All of these things we're talking about. But tell me more. Yeah, I mean, I think I was just naturally drawn to Mexico to begin with because it had the the nature, the culture, the food, the people, you know, it, it all drew me here. And I was really inspired to, I had been doing experiences while I was in New York on the side, mostly for friends. Um, and it would get bigger and bigger. The last event I organized was for about 50 people. and um, And yeah, my friends were like, you're so great at this. Can you please do this full time? We'll pay you. Like, we really need more moments and experiences like this mm -hmm. where we can feel alive and connected. And, you know, it's a mix of fun and playful, but we're also learning more about ourselves. And, and so I wanted to explore that in Mexico. Um, but I moved here right before the pandemic hit. And mm -hmm. so it hit and I thought, oh no, like I definitely can't do in-person experiences anymore. And so I was living in this mountain town outside of Mexico City, and I started hiking every most mornings to just reground and have some alone time and space to think and journal and figure out, you know, what to do. And it was in those mountains that I had this download of this idea um, or this epiphany and realization, well, why don't you create something that aligns more with what the world is going through right now yeah. um so creating a space and the initial idea was a longer term like one month stay so that we're all here um co-creating this living community and retreat experience together um, because there was such a need for in-person connections totally and to really feel heard and seen in such a dark and challenging time that the whole world went through and so I was inspired to create kind of this mix of co-living, co-working and retreat experience. Um, and then that sort of morphed into this week long journey um, where people can come and co-work, but it's about, yeah, like really connecting with yourself, with your roots. Uh, and I think also being in a space like Mexico where they're so connected to their roots and they're so connected to themselves, to who they are at a core, it's a very inspiring place to show up and be vulnerable and be yourself and really connect with um, that part of you. Yeah, I love what you were just talking about there at the end because it totally segues into my next question. Uh, mm -hmm. People are always because I'm a, a sacred space holder. I hold women's circles. You in Hacienda hold a lot of space for people. And I know a lot of people are like, man, what is space holding? Well, it's kind <laughs> of that, right? What yeah. you just said. So let's let's um, let's uh, expand upon that a little bit from your mm -hmm. perspective. Um, what is so what is so powerful about 
quite simply, it's not necessarily that simple, but let's say quite simply holding space. Right. Well, I think it's so important because, I mean, if you've walked into a room where people were just having an intense fight, you can feel that energy yeah. around you. Yeah. You know, you know, when, when you walk into a restaurant or a place, like when people feel relaxed and are having a good time, you can breathe in that breath of fresh air and happiness. And, and when there's tension and people fighting and feeling uncomfortable, it, it's like felt everywhere. Absolutely. Um, and so I think it's really powerful to create a space where people can feel so welcome and held and and my biggest question is how do you allow people to really show up as they are you know mm -hmm. letting down their masks letting allowing their true self to come out and shine because I think as a child we're we're programmed to show up in society wearing these different masks you know and and um, being a certain type of person that fits into society and so how can we sort of shed that and allow our more vulnerable parts to be seen and heard um, mm -hmm. and, and holding space for that to be okay? Because I think there's always a time and place when you're at a dinner party, that may not be the time where you break down and cry and you, you have a moment. Um, but it's amazing when you can have a space that's uh, created specifically for that. So everyone can get out their rage. They can get out their, their pain. They, they, um, have an open door to, to let go and surrender and express what they need to express. And mm -hmm. I think it, it can be such a powerful moving experience for the one who's expressing and releasing, and also for those who are there to witness it and, and also hold space for that to happen. Yeah, beautifully put. I would also even take it a step further because something that I've really spent a lot of time um, mm -hmm. learning about is our nervous system and the programming mm -hmm. that we go through throughout our lives that um, are is effectively a result of us trying to keep ourselves safe, right? And right. so I love how you opened up this topic talking about how we can really feel the energy somewhere and how that can mm -hmm. um, shift you into a different uh, way of being or a way of feeling around something, right? Like you can, right. you can instinctively, it is literally part of our most primal, one of the oldest parts of ourselves, the part that really we kind of connect to the animal kingdom with is that, 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 right? That, that instinctive primal mm -hmm. reaction when we feel safe or unsafe. Right. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. so for me, what's so important in space holding is creating an environment in which people's nervous systems does mm. not have to go into the fight flight freeze mode where they feel unsafe, but quite the opposite, where you create an environment that is safe for nervous systems to relax so that you can be in your parasympathetic nervous system in rest and digest mode so that you can first rest and second mm -hmm. digest whatever it is that's coming up for you right when you do take off that mm -hmm. mask and when you are just you a place to kind of confront the emotions that you're not allowed to express anywhere else or um to be creative or to mm. process something and we don't in our hustle bustle crazy world um there's just never there's seemingly never enough time for any of that stuff right, right. we just mm. need to keep calm and carry on and that's impossible <laughs> it becomes impossible and that's i believe why we see a huge prevalence of mental health um issues um compounded by global events compounded by the pandemic the resulting political socioeconomic changes and shifts and things um okay. so it just for me it just makes it even more important to have mm -hmm. these intentional experiences where you can as you said and i love that phrase really like take off your mask be vulnerable because you are safe to do so right and i think it's so powerful like you said creating a space where people really feel safe yeah 
you know, and how, how do you approach that or go about that into, yeah, welcoming and creating this space for people to feel safe? Mm. How do I do it? Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of things. I, uh, very often I kind of hedge my bets in a way in that I love to hold space for women specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, women specifically together in sisterhood have a tendency to feel safer based on a lot of the historical mm, inequity, inequalities that our kind of capitalist patriarchal system has put upon us. Um, There are also, there's a lot that comes with sisterhood as well, right? There can be a lot of like sisterhood wounding as well. But so that's one thing is I, at this moment in time, I really do work with mostly women in that regard. Um, And I really love to take care of the energy of a space I take care of my energy as a space holder and mm-hmm. I make sure to show up in integrity with a balanced and grounded energy, but also as I am and be very honest with how I am. If I'm not doing well, if I'm not feeling well, I'll show up with that to a certain extent to both model that it's safe to mm-hmm. just be yourself. Right. I also have many tools that I employ to allow myself to show up kind of processed in that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yes. for example, this morning I had a fight with my husband. It really threw me off. And I knew I was coming into this conversation and I wanted to show up as grounded as possible. Mm-hmm. So I made sure to take care of my blood sugar levels and eat. <laughs> I did yoga, but I also made sure to really shake shake all of the emotions mm-hmm. out of my body to kind of process the chemical reactions that all of those frustrating challenging negative and stressful emotions were bringing up right and you physically got up and stood up and did like a and shook yeah absolutely beautiful one of my faves and the other thing that is super important is to set agreements with a group that you're in right Mm -hmm. so set agreements around confidentiality around non-judgment judgment is inevitable we're always judging it is how our ego mind keeps us safe through discernment but as much as possible i i encourage uh people in the spaces that i hold to not attach to those judgments judgments of themselves of me of other people in the circle just kind of allow that to float on by right Right. and i also Mm -hmm. For me, it's really, really, really important to remind people about self-responsibility, that you Mm -hmm. are whole, complete, and resourceful just as you are, and so am I. You're not broken. You don't Mm -hmm. need to be fixed. We're complete equals in this situation. Um, And that's that's kind of how I try to set up that very safe space for people. Um, Yeah. What about you? Do you have anything that you do differently or that you add would add to that? Um, I mean, I think what you said is very powerful and, and so important and necessary. And I guess just through sort of nonverbal cues mm. not or not my nonverbal behavior, you know, I think that when I feel confident, safe, um, and okay, and also when I express my vulnerability. So for example, if we're talking about something, if I go first and I really get to, the core and the root of it. And then I also tell people to, you know, speak as the first person, you know, as, as themselves versus people love to talk about, you know, oh, well, everyone does this, or, you know, we all do this. And it's like, no, like, let's have you talk about who you are to your true core. Um, So, and again, when I'm able to tap into that, I think that it also creates a space for people to, um, connect and tap into that I'm safe it's okay to share you know I'm not alone here in being the only one who feels this way or is going through this trauma or feels insecure around this and so I think that once that gets opened it really creates a snowballing effect for people to just share more and more and open up yeah I completely agree I love that um Let's segue a little bit. Let's talk Mm -hmm. a little bit about what we're collaborating on, what we're creating together. I think we've laid a really exciting foundation for how we hold space in general. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so what you and I are gonna be collaborating on is a retreat around the maiden to mother journey. 
Um, and so I would really love us to talk a little bit about kind of what that might look have looked like for us personally in that sense of going first, right? Mm -hmm. And leading by example. Yes. Um, so maiden energy, I would love to hear kind of maybe let, let me give like a really brief um, intro for people who yeah. haven't encountered the concept of maiden to mother um, phases, eras, transitions. Um, and then let's dive in to our personal experiences. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. So as women, particularly, we are very cyclical beings, right? We experience really our life in four phases in our monthly cycles, but also in our annual cycles and in our the cycles of our lifetime. And those cycles really mirror mother nature. Um, so we have across a lifetime, we have child, maiden, mother, crone as the four phases of our life. Child, pretty evident and obvious. Maiden energy is that kind of next phase, right? From teenagerhood through your early 20s, uh, um, an energetic phase very much characterized by seeking, searching, experimenting. Your sense of validation and truth is not inside of you, it's outside of you. You need external validation to feel good. Um, there's a lot of fear, a lot of um, testing, experimenting, trying things out. All of these things are a natural part of gathering wisdom to then prepare for your next phase, which is the phase of the mother. Um, and I, I'm always, I love the term mother because I think it's so powerful and I'm always a little bit hesitant to use it because I want to make sure to highlight that it doesn't necessarily have to do with you becoming a physical mother. It is really characterized by an energy of groundedness, centeredness. Um, your sense of validation comes from within because you recognize your inherent power, your inherent divinity, um, and your inherent creationness, mm -hmm. your creativeness, maybe, right? Yeah. Um, so you can be super, super creative in your mother phase and never really even become and never become a mother. You don't have to have kids. Um, so it's not about that per se. But it's really about that deep connection to your inner wisdom and trusting that above all else. Um, and then crone, the next phase after the mother energy phase is kind of the post-menopausal phase of really um, sharing that wisdom, of harvesting the wisdom of a lifetime and offering it to your tribe, being a guide, being a mentor, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so in our in our what we're going to be talking about today is really going to be focused on this maiden to mother journey those middle two phases and for me it's so important to put a focus on that I because a I'm over the past two years of being a coach with um, a, a, a wide variety of clients, I have noticed that this is one of the things that we are inevitably working on all the time that maiden to mother transition. Um, because it's really about finding yourself. That's kind of the real core of it all. And modern society um, and pop culture as it portrays modern society and kind of the values that we uphold really doesn't honor that. And it really keeps women in the maiden um, through millions of advertisements that we see on a daily basis through this kind of obsession in Hollywood with remaining young and through, you know, all of the Forbes top 50 rankings even, right? Like who even cares about those sorts of validations, let's say, if you're really grounded in your own mother energy, right? So our, our modern culture is obsessed with maiden energy. Um, and I have my own theories about why we can get into that if we want to, but let's pause on that. Um, and I would love to hear, first of all, how this, how you resonate with this journey, the maiden to mother journey. Um, and if you want to share any um, experiences or insights that our audience might Absolutely. be able to connect to. Yes. Well, first of all, I'm really excited that we're collaborating on this maiden to mother retreat at the Hacienda. I think it's going to be such a beautiful and powerful experience um, for all these women who will be coming. And from my personal experience, I think that I have always been a little bit of 
afraid to fully, especially when I was in maybe middle school, elementary, middle school to really fully express who I am. And I think that that sort of kept with me through my twenties. And, um, and then of course, you know, I had a lot of expectation that I put on myself to be a good daughter, to be a good partner, to be a good coworker, to do all the things. And I really forgot what it was like to put myself first and put my needs first Yeah, and how to really honor myself because it was almost like all of my actions and goals were about validation from the outside and getting approval from the outside and making sure that I was constantly people pleasing and doing bending over backwards to get something done to look good in someone else's eyes and really it was crumbling me and it took away my voice Mm. I really didn't and it's something I've been working on lately is this throat chakra because I think it can be so disempowering when we feel we don't have a voice Mm. and we can't be seen and heard um, to where we really need to and when we're unable to be seen and heard we can feel so alone and so helpless and it's this like deep spiraling into a really horrible place that people can go to that I've gone to before and really doing a lot of work, reading books, listening to people, working with different people. It has, and also just spending quality time with myself and asking the right questions and step-by-step taking those small efforts toward this mother energy of doing things that maybe people don't understand or approve of initially, but once they see me charging forward and doing something I love, you know, people look around in awe and it's, um, yeah, it's so deeply satisfying and fulfilling when you can step into who you really are and express that and feel and represent that energy. And I think it's, also felt around you you know when you really do embody that the people around you can see that and they gravitate towards that because it's such a beautiful feeling to to yeah be in that mother energy yeah it's really nurturing right Mm -hmm. um and it's really like a permission slip for other people to do do that themselves they're safe around you then to be able to Mm -hmm. as we talked about right at the beginning take off that mask and make that exploration happen for themselves right and i would love to hear from you about your personal experience as well um with the maiden phase and how you stepped into the mother phase and all of your experiences and emotions around that yeah so first of all thanks for sharing yours i have to say it's so similar (laughs) and i'm sure that women listening are going to completely relate because we are in a way raised to please others right Mm -hmm. so very much i've always been kind of a natural born leader in my friend groups in my schools in organizations that i got involved in i've always been an entrepreneur and I was so concerned with what other people thought about me and what prizes I was or wasn't winning um, in my music industry, um, hustle, bustle, grind lifestyle. Um, And what was so, let's say, now looking back on it, it was something that makes me really sad actually. But I have also done a lot of work to forgive and release myself from this kind of um, negative emotion, let's say um is that i didn't i didn't love myself enough to take care of myself Mm -hmm. i thought that i didn't matter and that other people's needs were more important and i wasn't taking care of my health my physical health my mental health my spiritual health and i really ground myself down into literally a hospital bed um because i was not taking care of myself and putting myself first. I didn't think I was worthy enough to be able to do that. I could come last always, 
Um, and that for me is very, very much as part of wounded maiden energy. Um, and I feel incredibly maybe proud of myself to be in a completely different place with that now. Five mm -hmm. years later, uh, almost five years ago, I put myself in a hospital bed from burnout. Um, and the journey to get to where I am now, I will never burn out again uh, mm -hmm. because I just don't view myself in that sort of dispensable way anymore. I know that my health is my wealth um, mm -hmm. in all aspects and that nothing is more important than how I be and who I be. Um, and everything falls into place when I pay attention to that first and foremost. Right. Um, yeah. And that's it's not a selfish act to literally put myself first, um, my physical health, my mental health, my spiritual health, to take time for it every single day um, before I get into my emails, before I, there's nothing that's more urgent. <laughs> Nothing's urgent anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but the, but the world will make you feel that it is a, a totally it will right? make you feel that like you're doing heart surgery on a constant basis you know right. and if, if you don't get to it then like the whole world shut down shuts down <laughs> and we all die <laughs> right which it's madness um and i think i had to really hit rock bottom um to realize that that's all utter madness <laughs> it's just it's mostly in our mind it is and we can we can reframe that and we can retrain our mind to not go to that and to take time to honor ourselves and take the time we need to be healthy, have a healthy body and mind. Um, yeah. And, and a huge part of that process has also led me to, I didn't even realize that I didn't actually love myself that much. I didn't mm -hmm. actually, and maybe even didn't even like myself. I maybe thought I was kind of a cool person or whatever, but like the way that I treated myself wasn't um, in integrity with the fact that I loved or liked myself. And so this whole journey of these past few years has really shown me that I deeply love myself. I think I'm fucking awesome. And <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> but do you, but and and I and I and I don't mean that in a surface level. Like I really deeply love myself, and mm -hmm. I take actions to prove that to myself all the time, mm -hmm. um, and hold myself to my word to highlight and underscore that all the time. Right. Um, and that's for me a huge kind of sign that mm -hmm. I've let's say maybe cross this bridge in a way, mm -hmm. right? I've really landed in this mother energy for myself and a huge part of, of the, what happened to, let's say, propel me in that journey was that I had a miscarriage a little over a year ago. Mm -hmm. um, and that was utter rock bottom after that for me, handling that. I'm so sorry. I can't even imagine what that yeah, Thank you. Um, it feels good to talk about it. It's super important for me to talk about it because I don't think we talk about these sorts of experiences enough in our society for how prevalent and common they are. Mm -hmm. um, and that whole experience really forced me to confront my purpose, how I want to be, how I wanted to be taking care of myself um and really deeply propelled this journey forward for me towards mother energy um because mm -hmm. i i i totally felt like my purpose was wrenched away from me um and like my creation energy my creativity was all gone um mm -hmm. and then i had this this kind of phoenix rising from the ashes moment after that that reminded me that i am deeply strong. I know myself. I have so much to offer. There is um, such potency in my uniqueness and whatever, whatever, right? It was um, a huge shift, basically. Mm, wow. um, and I've even been able to come to a point of gratitude for that experience. I noticed myself in October 2022 journaling about it. That was basically the anniversary of the miscarriage. Mm -hmm. And I noticed myself journaling with gratitude for the first time ever that that wow. happened. 
I know. And it just that made me so cry. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> it was in, in, it was incredible to be honest. I never expected to get myself to that point. Um, and let's be clear. Like I cry about it sometimes still, I still feel sad about it. Yeah. Um, I still, even though I feel deeply grounded in this mother energy and I deeply trust my own wisdom and my own self, I still find myself slipping. This morning was one of those times fighting with my husband when I, he had an emotional thing and really shut down. And that made me feel really, really scared. And it really triggered some maiden wounds when he shut down and it just spiraled from there. Right. Mm -hmm. But the fact that within a couple of hours, I feel like I can come back to myself. I can, Mm -hmm. I have that awareness about what's happening. That's, Mm -hmm. it feels really powerful, like literally powerful. Right. Because I think that, you know, even when, even that I, even though I feel that I have stepped into the mother energy, I still know that I have made in moments where, you know, I'm like, oh, am I setting the right boundaries? You know, am I really honoring myself? Because it's easy to, to forget or go into old habits um, for a moment in time. But like you said, having the awareness around it really allows you to catch it and then make those steps to re-enter that mother energy and re-enter a space of honoring yourself and um and taking that time to yeah do what you need to do yeah and to do so with compassion right Mm -hmm. um and i think that's probably the the key right to to hold compassionate space for yourself and not be like oh my god i did that again it's like it's okay Yeah, exactly. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, this, um, I've really enjoyed this, this kind of part of the conversation and I would really love to hear from you what, um, what makes you feel like this, this kind of retreat, this kind of experience is something that you want to offer and bring to your Hacienda retreats. Well, I just think it's so powerful and it also feels so aligned because, I mean, at the core of it, I really want people to step into themselves. I want people to take off their masks and feel at home and safe because if they're able to do that there, hopefully they can bring that into the world that they live in on an everyday basis. And I think that especially women, um, we have been raised for centuries to stay in this maiden energy and to not be who we are. It's mostly going back, you know, you're there for your husband to take care of men, to do these things. And it hasn't really been said to us that we can step into who we are fully and put ourselves first. And I think it's really important to create space and experiences where women can take the time to really focus on this and step into that. Yeah. And like practice putting yourself first, right? You're not going to do it perfectly the first time. Right. Um, And it's going to feel uncomfortable, right? Yes. Um, So it's so exciting. I'm so excited we get to do this together. Um, Let's talk a little bit about um, how people can kind of what maybe they can expect, what the experience might be like. Um, and let's, you know, kind of extend the invitation to all yes. of the beautiful women that are listening to this episode. Absolutely. Well, maybe I can talk a little bit about the Hacienda and the space and what that's Great. like, and then you can um, go a little bit deeper in what to expect from the maiden to Perfect. mother part of the experience. Perfect. Um, and so this Hacienda, it's just two hours outside Mexico City, but it feels like you're entering this whole new world. And honestly, people who've come say they feel like it's just giving them a hug, like entering the space, feel like you're being held in such a beautiful way. And it's such a, I mean, it's from the 16th and 17th century. So just being in the space itself is like, walking onto a movie set and being in this like stunning place with plants and vines growing all up the walls and there's so much history and culture and creativity and it just oozes with 
quaintness and with um I don't know it's just it's an inspiring place to create and to express yourself and be and that's what I really really love about it um and yeah a beautiful property to explore the grounds to spend some quality time alone wandering seeing what you can find and then also there's so many beautiful spaces to co-create these uh, incredible experiences together um, and I really love yeah bringing play expression uh, and co-creation together and, and and what that can make us feel because at the end of the day it's really what, what the most important thing is how something has made us feel mm. um, because when you feel that that's when it you it really sticks with you mm. um, yeah and so um would you like to go into the might meet into mother aspect? Yeah. Um, I'm so excited to do all of this. My brain is like popping off with all of these gorgeous visions of, of <laughs> these 12 women in this stunningly beautiful, safe, green, lush space. I just can't wait. We're going to be doing some incredible work together. So some of the things that we'll be working with are around the sister wound and healing the sister wound. Some women feel uncomfortable going into a room full of 12 women. And I can understand why. Um, in our kind of wounded maiden, women are competitive with each other. We cut each other down, right? And so we're really gonna work with a kind of forgiveness around that um, to be able to rise together and to co-create and be together um, and uplift each other as women. Um, we're going to work with the mother wound. Every single one of our every single one of us has a mother and every single one of our mothers was probably doing the best they could in every moment that they were making decisions right, regardless of whatever the circumstances were with them, they were probably trying the best they could mm -hmm. and they probably still were causing wounding and some trauma um, and I am sure that there is a lot for all of us to work with around forgiveness of our mothers. Um, some, it's an experience that even though I have a great relationship with my mother in general, I've still mm -hmm. had a lot to heal. A lot of judgments of her, of myself with her, of choices she made. So working with that and working with forgiveness around our mothers is going to be a part of the retreat. Um, we're going to do some things around meeting the shadows of your youth, some of the judgments, some of the decisions that you made, some of the regrets that you had. Um, sometimes it's enough to literally just burn that shit away. <laughs> mm -hmm. We don't always need to keep carrying the baggage, the heaviness of those regrets. Um, and so we're going to be working with burning that stuff away. Um, we're going to be shifting into really trusting ourselves, our intuition, um, our inner knowing above all. Um, so there'll really be a space to honor each other, witness each other in, in that um, and in our knowing, individual knowing. Um, so I'm, the idea is that people will, women will leave this retreat with a deep sense of self-acceptance with mm -hmm. a grounded sense of their selves, of trust in themselves. Um, plus, I love to work with the nervous system, as I've already mentioned. So we'll do some nervous system regulation stuff. So some really practical tools you can take away with yourself, mm -hmm. as well as um, some work with the sacred, sacred time, space, ritual, and intention. Um, and I would really love to support women to find a sacred practice for themselves that they can take home. I have myself have an altar. I spend time at my altar. Not everybody has to do that, but you can bring a sense of sacredness and wonder and honoring of yourself through a, a practice. Um, and so we'll work with that. Um, there'll be some, as you said, as well, some alone time some time to just really reflect on what's going on with you um, and to be with that and to slow down and to slow down your mind um, to be able to tune into your heart. So yeah, 
I'm excited. <laughs> Me too. Oh, so beautifully put. I'm just so excited for what this uh, experience is going to bring. Hmm. So when, wh- why don't you share like when and how people can find out more? And I will say that I will put information in the show notes as well. Amazing. Yes. So it's going to be um, March. Remind me when the 29th, I think. Yeah. March 29th. Yes, exactly. So March. So it's going to be starting on a Wednesday, March 29th and go until uh, Sunday, April 2nd. Um, and so it's right outside Mexico City. For those living in Mexico City, it's a two-hour drive. And for those flying in, uh, Mexico City is the airport. And if you if you feel called to join, this seems like something you're really interested in and just hits home. Um, you can find out more information on the Hacienda Retreats Instagram. Um, and you can either follow the link in the bio or you can reach out to me directly um, or to Magdalena directly and we can share some more information with you um, and answer any questions. Also, if you want to jump on a quick um, call with us to learn more, we're more than happy to see if it's the right fit. If um, we really think that you're going to gain something out of this and um, and walk through more of the, the experience with you. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you mentioned that we are very open to connect with people who are have more questions just bring lay them on us <laughs> so all of the information will be in the show notes um Jacqueline thank you for coming on to today's episode thank you for sharing parts of your journey um thank you for sharing your love of Mexico I'm so excited to be co-creating with you um, me too yeah. Thank you so much. It's been such an honor to be here and to learn more about you. Um, and yeah, just getting super excited for what we're going to create together. Yeah, me too. All right. So let's wrap it up there. Maiden to Mother Retreat coming up end of March at Hacienda Retreats. All of the information that our listeners need, it will be in the show notes. So we're going to love you and leave you. Thank you, Jacqueline, once again. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for tuning in. If you loved this episode, leave a review or share to a friend because sharing is caring. As always, I would love to hear your takeaway from today's MJ's Magic Hour. So drop me a DM on Instagram, Magdalena Jensen underscore coach. If you have been considering coaching, I would be thrilled to support you to create sustainable change in your life. Feel free to check out my website, www.magdalenajensen.com, and let's chat. It all starts with a conversation. Take care of yourself and sending love. <laughs>